Across this quote recently, educate to turn mirrors to windows. What does this mean? Not only to introspect ourselves, but to observe the world around us. Growing up, we've had several opinions and views, but to mold those of another young, curious mind? Now that's a big task. How do we balance between what was, what is, and what will be? How do we create the perfect synergy between the wise and the vibrant? Hello everyone, I'm Madhurima, an alumnus of this school and now a teacher here. And after the wonderful episode that we've had with the Regina of Gitanjali, I have with us our alumnus, Mr. Suyodhan, who's also the president of our alumni association. He's an international corporate lawyer and dons on many other roles. So we thought he'd be the perfect fit for our second episode where we talk about bridging millennials and Gen Z. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Madhurima. How are you feeling today? I'm good. It's nice and, uh, you know, the weather is good today. Yes. So, so happy to be in the school always. And I think shooting this in the school is appropriate for our title, don't you think? Bridging Millennials and Gen Z. So many Gen Z students here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think uh, Gitanjali is one of the examples of whatever we've selected as today's topic. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So, sir, I would like to pick up, pick up from where we first introduced you. So, you ha you don on several other roles as well, not just an international corporate lawyer, but you're an author, trainer, consultant. So, your first role must have been that of a son and a student. So, from there to being a parent now, which I'm assuming is one of the most important roles you don on, how do you think the transition has been? How have you changed from then to now? How do you perceive parenting now? I think there are a lot of questions in that. So yes. I, I'll start off with how I was as a student or right. how the situation was when we were students right. from 1985 to 95 mm. is when we were in Gitanjali. And and uh, I think parents back then had to be a sort of a visionary. Right. You know, they had to have vision. I'll tell you why. Because when, when I had joined in Gitanjali or when my batch or my seniors, we all together joined in 85, probably 100 right. students in Gitanjali, Gitanjali wasn't a brand. It was only Mrs. Karan whom everybody knew. She was an excellent teacher in HPS. She was starting a new school. So all of us thought, okay, why not? The parents' attitude was, why not? Let's let's venture you know back her up this. and let's venture into this. Right. Let's see how it goes. Hmm. And uh, I think they were all brilliant visionaries because mm -hmm. you see the success of the school, right? Mm. Back then, nobody could say that Gitanjali would be so successful. Right. But they had the vision that, you know, this kind of, you know, one-to-one -one teaching or, you know, that... Uh, uh, personal care that the teachers mm. take on each student. Mm. I think that is something which was very specific to us. And and when we were students as well, mm. I think it's my my character or how I am today and how how my batch mates or my seniors are today is a reflection of what our teachers and our parents used to teach us back then. So more when values we values and absolutely more values and and it's more about character building. Right. I, I remember one uh, you know one thing that all the teachers almost used to follow mm. was you know, talk a little bit about Swami Vivekananda or, mm -hmm. you know, Mahatma Gandhi or not about what they said or their quotations, but right. more about their life or how none of these people had only one role to play. 
so they always encouraged okay you know think differently mm-hmm. so they opened up our minds we like so if the, if it was a biology ma'am or a history ma'am taking a class they never used to stop at okay this is what the moguls did this is what shivaji did no they used to say okay this is what they did what would you guys do so if you were in that role putting you know, yourself in other people's shoes exactly and and then creating that spark in the brain is like okay what would you do and imagine you are shivaji for a day hmm. what would you do or you were like the king of the world for a day what would you as as young as 6 and 7 mm-hmm. if if such discussions are brought about we know that we can discuss anything with our teachers right right and that was what you know started making us think that you know there is 100% to each each yeah. mind right and and probably we utilize a very small percentage of our brain so the remaining time and the remaining brain can always be utilized for several things mm-hmm. uh back uh, in the 80s and 90s when we were kids academics was the focus what I mean, do your parents do if i we might take a yeah yeah so my it. my father was uh, in the banking sector he was in the reserve bank of india okay. my mother was a housewife okay which was even a de- more de- demanding job right, than right. than working <laughs> in the bank uh, and uh, i was an only child and uh, it their entire focus was on me so so people say oh you're an only child you know you should have more siblings it's like my father always thought and my mother they thought that you know having one child you can put your entire focus on one, one person child. and you know you ensure that that person is successful and everything is given uh, everything is taken care of and uh, i think uh, coming back to what we were discussing about how the teaching was and mm-hmm. how uh, it was it was definitely academic oriented right. even gitanjali for that matter 90% was academic so if there were like probably 30 students in a class 25 of them did only stu- studies okay no other extracurricular activity there were five of us who used to do a little bit of dance or a little bit of karate or a little bit of singing or something mm-hmm. but that was also very little mm-hmm. very little uh, you know we we had one of our teachers you know uh, mrs uh, muttu mrs uh, unni you know they always used to encourage us why don't you go and do some you know debating or mm-hmm. some oratory skills or public speaking skills things like this or some cultural activity they used to encourage but as such the focus was are you good at academics or not now cut that to 20 years later right oh, now yes almost 95% of the kids they are doing something or the other mm. in addition to academics right so how do you think parenting has changed from then to now for kids to be like this now fair from 5 to now the kids who were there back then my batchmates and my seniors and my juniors they saw the 5% of the kids who were actually excelling in mm. all fields compared to the others who were only good at academics right so they were like when we become parents hmm. we're going to make sure that our kids learn a lot of things and also uh, you know 91 92 is when we started getting the fdi in, right foreign yes, direct investments yes. into india yes. the world opened up for us and uh, you know we started seeing foreign commercials and hmm. foreign movies and you know the western world culture also culture changed also changed. changed a lot and you saw a lot of brain drain as well which started yes, back then yes. you know i was just talking to some of my seniors yesterday you know they were in town from us and we had a get together and you know when when they started their engineering and completed and all that there was no high tech city right. there was only one building <laughs> and and then they they were still they did software engineering they worked in a company and that company took them to us and they were like we never knew that we would settle down there we never knew what would happen and now when you look at hyderabad things yeah. have changed right yes. and along with hyderabad i think the population in hyderabad has also changed more metropolitan now very more yes. metropolitan more cosmopolitan. cosmopolitan so their minds have opened up and they're more accepting right 
so so uh, earlier when somebody said you need to get 100 in maths mm. you had to get 100 in maths now the parents are good if the student is very well versed with all the you know uh, sums and problems and they know the theorems Concept and they know how to understand, understand the entire concept mm. but marks okay you get 95 or 98 it's okay but in our time it was like if you get 95 how did you miss out on those Why five you miss out on those five marks yeah so the, that aspect of parenting has, has changed. changed and even me as a father I never discuss marks with my son. Mm. I make it a point not to discuss marks How or rank. How old is your son? He's uh, 13 years old. Okay. He just turned 13. He's, uh, he's in 7th grade. Okay. He's in the IB syllabus. Okay. So that's another thing which has changed. Mm. Uh, back then, ICSE uh, was the supreme in, in all the syllabus, you know, if you consider CBSE, state syllabus and all. ICSE was supposed to be the best. Mm. I still believe it is. <laughs> I still believe it is. A lot of people challenge me and say, no, IB is good, Cambridge is good. I think now with the NEP, I think every syllabus is trying to bring Absolutely. in analytical questions, develop that thinking in a child. Absolutely. So, yeah. And it's all about how people, uh, you know, how the teachers make yeah, sure that the yeah. kids are able to present things and communicate in a better and yeah. effective manner. So it's not just about how much knowledge you've acquired. Mm. Because nowadays, knowledge is at your fingertips. Right. You don't need to go and sit in a library, library. for hours together and search for a result of a yes, question. Yes, so just type it in and everything gets done. You were talking about how we've become more cosmopolitan now. So that makes me want to ask, back then many women, like you said, your mother herself was a housewife. Whereas now I see that my mother's a doctor and she's currently working. Whereas my grandmother didn't go to school. So I see that that has changed how she is able to take decisions in my life. Like when I was a kid growing up, she also had an equal say in how I was supposed to grow up, what I was supposed to do. So it changes from just being a housewife to a decision maker. True. So how do you think that shift in a typical household has also affected parenting today? I think it's it has a tremendous impact. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are statistics to back it everywhere, mm. even in the corporate world or in the government, mm. wherever there are more women the success and the productivity is higher. Hmm. The decision making is better. Right. And, and uh, you know, in our household, though my mother was a housewife, the most important decisions about me were always collective. Okay. They, they may have disagreed on a lot of things, hmm. but on me and what I needed to know and what I needed to do, they were always on the same page. So when it came to, you know, being strict with me, I couldn't run to my dad and say, hey, my mom is being strict or I couldn't run to my mom and say, dad, is. Equally, Both, you know, huh, yeah, huh. you've done something wrong, you need to yeah, face. Huh. So that was there. And now what I see is, uh, whereas other families were not the same, I, I've also seen this phase yes. where uh, it was generally the person who was earning, who was oh, calling the shots right. and, you know, okay, he's going to study this. You know, I want my son to be an engineer. I want my son to be a doctor. I want my daughter to go into Air Force or I want my daughter to be a, a artist. Mm. So it was decision making done the by father. the head of the family who was generally the, the father. father yeah. Now it's totally changed. I think in some cases it's even the women who are leading. Right. Uh, and uh, when you see both mother and father uh, gender, it's you know there's equity and equality in Correct. in all the functions, right? Right from uh, you know getting the child ready to you know making them do the homework to attending parent teachers meetings, yes. getting involved in their friends and you know the friend their birthday parties, social life, uh, organizing things for them, uh, working on projects <laughs> with them together, going on tours. I think all these is so equally shared because both of them are working in majority of the mm. cases. Even if they're not working, I think. Uh, Men are a part of the life, right? And and I and sometimes they feel it's an achievement, but I beg to differ because uh, there's a small quote, right? Mm -hmm. Is that oh, he's such a nice husband, he helps out the wife. Supposed to be something. It's not help. Yes. Why don't you say oh, he's such a nice wife, she's helping the husband in cooking? Yeah. 
you know the, that that perspective is yet to change right. but i think it will change with the gen z hmm. they would not they will not expect their wife to make a coffee early in the morning or tea early yeah, in the expectations morning expectations are also changing yeah, so for example in in my own hmm. case my wife's a doctor hmm. so she is more busier than i am right and saturdays and sundays i am a house husband <laughs> and i am happy about it yeah. i don't mind and it's not an achievement i do it because i have to do it, it it's yeah. it's a duty it's a normal thing yes. so yeah. some sometimes they try to glorify, glorify it and say it. oh swodhan you're doing this some of the relatives come back and say oh it's like you know you're doing a great job no i'm just doing what she would have done if she was home yeah. if she's not there i do it and if i'm not there she does it it's co-parenting right. i think the concept of co-parenting co yes. uh, within the family mm. and also respecting each other's views comes in which makes the child respect themselves more right. i i was just having a conversation with somebody uh, two days ago or three days ago where it was a, a you know a girl child mm. she she is now in her mid 40s okay. and she has her own company does her own you know uh, marketing designs and all that but she was telling me that as a kid she saw her mother you know literally polish her father's shoes make hot puris middle of the night at 1 o'clock because he had a craving for it or you know press his clothes and keep them ready and also you know take care of the homework for the kids and arrange the house neatly and all that though she has studied abroad she's worked everywhere you know she's a you know worked in bombay here she's she's very uh, you know modern and you know met cosmopolitan in approach and she she she's like hands on with everything somewhere something made her you know feel that she needs to keep proving herself that you know if she is with a man she needs to make uh, you know make his bed and take care of him that kind of a mentality comes ingrained in, in her ingrained mind. because she's seen all that same way with men as well you know when they see their mother doing all this for the father they believe that they should not do a similar yeah no they, they, they believe that yeah, yeah they expect the wife to do it right now what's happening with the kids is they see that you know both the mother and father do everything together whether it's cleaning utensils taking care of the laundry or being dropped off at the school or talking to the teachers it's both the percentage is still different if you yes. go to a parent teachers meeting and you you will find the fathers are still less mm. i think there should be an increase i think consciously the teachers and the schools also should insist that we want both the parents to be there yes, i think that uh, that will bring about that uh, teacher change. now i do see uh, many more fathers yes. coming for the meetings who are as invested in the child's upbringing but also talking about what you just said the pandemic also has made us realize that you know many children grew up in close quarters with their parents they didn't go to True. school so all these things that you were talking about they must have seen absolutely first hand so that could also drastically affect th there's a very important fact now that you bring out most of the kid the things that we teach the kids right yes. whatever we teach them they may not remember everything but whatever they see oh. and observe they will always remember and that's what i've learned with the way i am parenting mm. when when i take care of what my son is doing or what i'm doing i feel i'm talking just like how my father and mother used to <laughs> you know it's almost the same but just in a probably old wine in new bottle kind <laughs> right, you know right. the words are different but mm. but it's almost the same right. style and and we need to consciously change the way we you know we take care of kids right now primarily because today's kids are exposed to something called as social media yes. which we never had yes so for us there was no social media yes. it was all uh, you know newspapers magazines or the landline so our generation saw everything mm. right from radios to you know handphones to uh, you know phones. no no then we had walkie talkies okay. no it's like phones uh. which 
cordless phones okay. and then okay. from there to you know nokias and mm. the reliance cdma phones mm. and all that and from there we went on to smartphones smart blackberries and then smartphones smart correct so we've seen everything mm. internet which used to take 15 minutes to connect <laughs> and half an hour to check one the email internet cafes also internet cafes we you know you know so when we see that change we need to also understand that what i could not see till the age of 21 right my son or his generation has access to at the age of 10 and 11 mm. that is the most dangerous thing right now i mean uh, you know i i i regularly follow some blogs and blogs mm. online and uh, jordan peterson is one of my okay. favorite uh, psychologists okay. you know he actually mentions it that the greatest danger is not ai but the greatest danger to the next generation is their access to information at an age when they are not supposed to have access to that information whether it be adult information whether it be political debates whether it be war mongering whether it be hate speech whether it be fashion sense kids should be exposed to that at the age of 18 or 21 but they are exposed to it at the age of 10 and 12 so the parents need to be more involved with the kids right now they need to be more a friend more a companion at the same time continue with their parenting right. not forget about it and be a neglective parent but be with them and somehow get into their world you know understand how the instagram works how you know podcasts work mm-hmm. you know what is it that they like how how youtube shorts work these are things which the you know gen z likes so you know discuss those with them things which they like and uh, the the major difference between in the parenting that you know i saw as a kid and right now is also acceptance of what the parents say mm-hmm. so when 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 my teachers or parents said something back then for me that was like okay i didn't know that i could argue that so so when when mrs so. karan or mrs nayak or mm-hmm. you know lalata ma'am or somebody kala ma'am told me that okay suyodhan you need to you know make sure that your nails are cut properly you need to make sure that you know uh, everybody else in your class also does that i just do it mm-hmm. you know i don't think twice I don't even go and ask my parents. My teacher asked me this: Is this right? Is this wrong? No, I just do it. Same thing if my parents say something. But right now, if I go and tell any of the kids, you know, you need to make sure that your hair is short. The first question they ask is, guess what they do? Why? Why? They need a reason for everything. I think it's good. I think it's for the good. Uh, it it builds a lot of independence and you know independent thinking age. from a young age. But at the same time, the parents also need to have a lot of patience compared to what. our parents did, right you know did uh, you need to be very patient very understanding and uh, it's very easy to give in to be a little loud and yell at them and get the work done i think they tend to retaliate and mm-hmm. they tend to use the same behavior they might start doing the same okay. with the parents they think it's an acceptable behavior so they need to be a little bit more patient i am talking about it now there might be been several instances where i have done with my son also but then i realize immediately and try to correct myself mm. i think that that is what matters mm. are you continuously trying to improve yourself as a parent as a partner for the parent uh, you know your own uh, wife or husband and together are you able to cultivate that habit it is okay to ask questions right. it is okay to argue it is okay to you know disagree sometimes they might be right it's like what happens if i have long hair it's okay there's no problem why should i have short hair how do you answer that question right yeah. so you need to go and go to the roots and discuss that topic and keep it open that you know okay i may be wrong mm. so i think that is the major switch, switch the social media and the way the kids are with their parents and teachers right now that's the huge shift which i see So sir you spoke a lot about patience how we need to have patience right now but when then we also spoke about how most 
of the times we see that both parents are working. Yes. So in this case, now you're a lawyer, your wife's a doctor. How do you think this affects the degree of freedom or autonomy that you give to your child? Does the parent's occupation play any role in this? Plays a very major role. Uh, uh, occupation and profession plays a role. But at the same time, irrespective of what occupation mm. or profession you are in, you need to give time to your kid. Mm. As an example, because you took me and my wife as an yes, example, yes. we both are, you know, she's a doctor, she's a lawyer. Touchwood, we are doing good in our own lives. We are busy mm -hmm. uh, thanks to our schools and mm -hmm. parents or whatever. But at the same time, we are the only doctor and lawyer in the city probably who don't work in the evenings and who don't work on Saturday, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday, I don't do anything except be with my son. So Nothing at all. He may not be in a position. For... Absolutely. And and I might be earning a lakh or two extra if I work on Saturdays or Sundays mm -hmm. or, or, you know, if my wife uh, devotes her evenings to practice as well. I don't know a doctor who doesn't practice in the evenings. Evenings at the prime time. Yes, but, but my wife doesn't. Mm -hmm. and, and I don't work on Saturdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. We do that consciously and we have decided that, you know, at the time of getting married itself that if we have a kid, mm -hmm. we are making sure that we're going to give that time. And if you don't give that time, irrespective of which profession you are, how much money you have, which socioeconomic status you come from, yeah. the kid is not going to benefit out of parenthood. Because like you said, they're already starting to be independent from such a young True. age. So maybe, how do you think both parents working and not be... As I said, I think yeah. both parents working or not working yeah. doesn't make sense, any difference, but they have to give time. Yes. They have to make time out. And you don't, by time, I don't mean to say entire Saturday, you need to be with the, the kid only. You time. need to be available for the kid. Right. You are at home, the kid is at home, they can do their own stuff, you can do your own stuff. But make sure that there are some activities which you do as a family. For example, we make sure that we have dinner every day together. We make sure that there is no TV or music or anything while having dinner. After dinner, we make sure we go for a walk at least two to three days a week. Mm -hmm. When there's work and all, okay, mm. but at least two to three days a week, we go for a walk. Then we make sure that we have some board game or the other once or twice in a week. We watch a movie together at least once or twice. All these are important. And when you're watching these, you make sure that you get involved with your kid. You know, they may not like you talking, but make sure you talk yes. about what they feel about. So that way you understand what their thoughts are, whether their friends, you know, do What's this. Happening. Yes. And what they like to do as well. Sometimes they come up with a thought and say, okay, I know this new restaurant, my friend's family has mm -hmm. been there. Can we go there? Be open to thoughts that way. Right. This was not the case 20 years ago mm -hmm. because I didn't even know what restaurants were there <laughs> except when my parents were. Now they open a phone and they yeah, Google it and yeah. they know what's the best, right? Yes. So I think that's the change and uh, we need to embrace the change. Yeah. Our generation needs to embrace the change because we are already, you know, in our 30s and 40s and we know uh, we need to be, we need we know what to do. Mm. So it's easier for us to accept rather than being imposing on them. They say, right, there are like these three types of parenting, yes. authoritarian, mm. authoritative and permissive, yes. right? Authoritarian, nobody wants to be like, you know, you have to do it this way, only my way or highway. Or so. Yeah, so that's that's gone. Authoritative is where you are a friend, you are a companion, you are a partner, but at the same time, you set some boundaries mm -hmm. and, and you give as much time as you ha have on your hand and you try to see a child develop on their own. Like you said, give mm -hmm. them some independence. And, and that's a very, very important point I wanted to mention. And, and this is something which me and my wife always discussed. I think you need to give a choice to your kid, even for the smallest of things. For example, if you, you're preparing breakfast tomorrow morning uh, and uh, you want to know what to make, you don't decide it yourself. 
you try to involve the child. You ask the child, what do you want to have for breakfast? Shall we do uh, toast or shall we do uh, puri or shall we do idli or dosa or hmm. you know you want to have cornflakes? Let them get involved. They feel in more important. Yes. Way. No, that that way they feel get the confidence yeah. that my parents have the confidence in me to decide what I want to do. Hmm. Even when you're buying clothes or when you want to go for a movie or want to plan a vacation or, you know, you're buying a property. When, when we buy a property, I make sure that my son, Dhanush, is a part of the decision making. So I go and show him, okay, this is the land we thought it is. You know, this is how much it's going to cost. You know, this is nice. Any suggestions? What do you think about it? And they do have suggestions. You'll be surprised. They are very, very smart compared to us. What we were at 18, they're, they're already there at 10 and 11. Stocks and all from a young age. So, so, so think about it. Think about it. So, yes. so they're very, very smart. And we have to bring them into the family decision making. And that gives them the confidence. Don't snub them. I see a lot of parents, you know, oh, you don't know anything. Oh, you've done so badly. They look for approval. Kids never, I mean, that aspect of the being kids never changes. I think for any of us, right? Yes. We are all looking for validation somewhere. Absolutely. So even today when I came, you know, I was waiting for, you know, the teachers to say, you know, how are you doing? So then I'm so happy when they ask me, you know, how are your family doing? I, I, I like that one or two minutes of yes. conversation, right? Yes. You become a kid when you come to school. Yes. So imagine, we need to imagine our kids... The same way they look for approval. You know, whatever they do, be happy about it. Spread happiness and let them know that being happy is the most important thing, not being successful. Hmm. In success, we can all define in our own Absolutely, way. absolutely. And let them define their own success. success. Right? For be participating in a match may be success. Yes. You don't need to win or score a goal or hit a six. Some parents I've seen, you know, they're like, oh, you didn't score a goal today. How can you play football and not score a goal? You, you are not good for anything. And I'm like, what what kind of confidence would the kid have when he enters the field next? And I've seen they drop out from the game in a couple of years' time. I think everyone so, around also... And that goes a long way yeah. when you're participating in a debate or something. Yes. If one if your kid doesn't participate, it's okay. Hmm. Don't need... Oh, see, all your students, right. friends are participating. You don't participate in anything. What is wrong with you? Hmm. That comparison should not be there. I think compare... And if the kid starts comparing you as a parent... Would you be able to take it? True. Like, yo, see that parent, they've taken their kid to so-and-so place and they've done such things. So so yeah, yeah, so can you can you yeah. digest it? You'll yell or shout mm -hmm. or something. And so I, I think it's a more, uh, uh, you know, more on the square, as you say. It's yeah. on the same level. Yeah. Right now, parenting, parents and kids are on the same level. Earlier, the, you know, kids it's used to actually look up mm -hmm. to the parents mm -hmm. and all. Now it's like, we're equals. Right. You tell me what it is, give me a reason, I'm going to do it. If you're not going to give me a reason, I'll question you. I may or may not accept, but I'll keep questioning. So we just spoke about how students get to or children get to decide their own success. That makes me want to ask, how do we balance between the expectations we have for them? You might see your child having certain talents, so like how your parents must have seen in you. Absolutely. How do you balance between what expectations you have for them? versus what they would want to do? How do you balance that? Because sometimes children might not be in that mind space, right? To make a decision for Absolutely. themselves. No, I think, uh, yeah, you know, going back to when I was a kid, uh, you know, my, my parents made sure I was learning classical dance, mm -hmm. classical music, an instrument, uh, public speaking classes, and uh, learning theater. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so all this was due to my teachers and parents. And, you know, that made a big, that played a big role in my life. Okay. So from the age of six, I used to, you know, travel outside Hyderabad with the troupe for dance performances or, you know, when I looked at others and how they're treating me, I used to wait to go back to my parents. Mm. 
I I understood the value of parents. parents and how they used to take care. Currently, uh, what is happening is yes, uh, a lot of them are putting them in. You know, I mean, uh, what do you say? Some classes or extracurricular activities, mm. sports or mm. cricket or whatever. Everybody is doing that, but I think they have expectations. Mm. I, I would say the ideal scenario is not to have expectations, expectations. but that's not possible. Mm. But I would say be realistic in your expectations. Right. So so don't say your son needs to be in IIT. Probably if he's good at maths, say he should excel in maths. Mm. You, you need to excel in whatever you do. So so there's a difference, right? Yes. Here you're giving a whole lot of options. Like I was saying yesterday, I was talking to my seniors from Gitanjali who yes. there. We were having yes. an evening and, and one of their daughters is uh, good in biology. Okay. So immediately somebody else was saying, so she'll become a doctor. They said, no, 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 no. Nothing That's of that sort. Mm. I think he likes biology. Mm. I don't mind whatever she does in the entire field of biology and biotechnology. And, you know, the world is open. That gives a lot of assurance. Yes, and you know, we can support in that. And tomorrow if she decides to change and say, no, I'll do arts, so be it. Mm. My only, and, and for my kid, what I try to do is, I say, okay, you want to do something, make sure that you give your 100%. Mm. Not make sure that you are successful at it, mm. but you give your 100%. There shouldn't be a regret in the effort that you put in because that will lead to unhappiness. So my mantra is always how to keep my family happy how to keep my son happy, how to keep my wife happy and how to make myself happy. And and in that also, I think people forget about the oxygen mask uh, theory. I don't know if you've heard this. No, no, no. So either. as soon as you board a flight, what does the air hostess say? The yellow oxygen mask will drop down. And First, you put it on yourself Your and then, then put it on them. Yes, yes. Unless you are alive and in a state of consciousness, you won't be able to help, help others. others. Similarly, unless you are happy, you won't be able to make your family happy. So give yourself also that time. So what I do, so today there is a cricket match going to happen, like 12.30, there's India versus Australia match starting. I will make sure that I follow it either on the mobile or on the TV and I make sure I at least catch up glimpses of it because that will make me happy for the day. And that happiness I give back to my, you know, wife and kid. If I don't watch it, I'm frustrated or irritated and unhappy and it will definitely transfer to your closest ones. The ones you love the most will bear the brunt of your mood. So keep yourself happy. You feel happy if you go out with friends for an evening. Go out, spend that one, two hours and come back. Don't spend the entire night, mm -hmm. but just go for those one, two hours, spend some time, come back and you see the change that it gives to your family. So I think that is more important for you to make sure that your kids also learn that. Prioritize themselves so that they can keep everybody around them happy. I think this oxygen mask theory is something I will definitely take away. Any other takeaways for new age parents out there? I, I think... Uh, uh, one thing which is happening right now is too much of parenting, mm. <laughs> too much of involvement, mm. too much of methods, too much of overthinking. Mm. I think simplify it. Mm. Let the kid breathe. <laughs> Let them have some fun. Mm. Give them some space and free time also. Mm. Let them not do anything. So uh, I, I think one of the great uh, philosophers, uh, I think Aristotle or somebody said, having free time is when all the best things happen. So when you have some free time on you, there's nothing to do, not watching TV, not listening some to music. Called idle days. Also idle days, right? Earlier it was like, idle brain is a devil's workshop, right? But uh, that's when you're idle every moment of your life. But if you're so busy, you need to take a step back. Give yourself that space. Give that one hour, half an hour. Just walk, just look at the plants, just look at the birds. Do something in a day with just, you know, just your thoughts. And, and I think uh, that is something parents need to give the kids mm. and themselves. 
not overthink and you know over complicate things and make sure that you know there's happiness all around some audience questions and these questions are from parents of gitanjali mm-hmm. so the first question is from anand mamgen who is the parent of athar who is in class 10 right now do you feel that the current way we are educating children fully prepares them for the need of 21st century and how it is better than the previous education system i i think uh, you know yes i would say yes to a majority of what parents are doing right now and what schools are doing right now i think uh, just parents themselves can't do it and and the yes. entire society is involved in the upbringing of a child Community you know they say right yes. uh, that uh, entire village mm-hmm. Uh, makes the child grow into an adult not just the parent similarly yes. the community is involved and and nowadays what we are seeing is at the school level at the community level at the society level at the you know inter school level yes. and uh, you know government level there are a lot of activities which everybody are planning for the kids mm. on life skills mm. not just about getting marks in a you know in their subjects so there's there may be public speaking there yeah. may be presentation skills there may be communication skills there may be camping happening this podcast also don't you think when yep. you are this idle time that you were talking about where we spend idle time maybe listening to other True. conversations and thoughts or just stems in definitely definitely yeah. and and you don't know what clicks where yes. and how it stays in yes. a child's brain and that then develops into a big idea right so all these are life skills and the the other thing which i would like to see a little bit more yeah. and and which i do with my son and i want to do a lot more in the next 3 4 years is about teaching them how to manage a house mm-hmm. teaching them how to budget your lifestyle you know for example i'll tell him how much i earn mm-hmm. how much he can spend on what mm-hmm. you know how he needs to buy groceries how he needs to come and you know come back and use them and cook right now he knows how to clean this you know his own bed make his own bed and stuff but probably make it a little bit more frequent yes. and do the laundry and all so so these are also life skills people so tend to forget that, that. Also. independence and also to understand you are not going to have house wealth in 5 years 10 years time yes so what kind of situation are you going to leave your child in mm. if they cannot do whatever they need Basic. to do on their own mm. right vacuuming mm. things like this i think covid also helped a little yes. but uh, it it shouldn't be like you know it's it's a one day activity it should become a part of their lives right. like in japan for example mm-hmm. kids clean their own schools they clean their own uh, washrooms in the schools mm-hmm. they they take care of their own uh, shelves and benches and all they don't have people cleaning stuff responsibility so sense stems of responsibility in. stems in i think that is something which we need to develop in kids because everything else is there the humility part is missing and uh, i think we were discussing about socio economic status right yes. that also makes a lot of difference to the kids character mm. they need to understand that there are a lot of unfortunate underprivileged souls in the world and they are privileged yes and most of them and yes. india being a developing country you will have more in the privileged status than in the underprivileged ends of the spectrum right so so that angle also needs to be introduced to the kids and i do see parents doing a lot of them taking them to orphanages making them see how they can help the kids mm. spending the birthday with them a lot of parents Our are doing that has this rotary club also yes. where we do things like that so absolutely social and yes. giving back to the community, community is also part of life skills i think mm. these three four things if if they are imbibed and you know for acted upon makes a lot of difference in the child's behavior and their character the 
The next question is by Miss Nikita, who is a parent of Anjani of Class Eight. Hello, sir. I am Nikita, mother of Anjani, Class Eight. I wanted to understand how I can restrict my child's screen time. Me personally, being a working parent, this is not a trouble that our parents had with us. Because she says that's not a problem we had when we were young. I know. So we used to watch TV only on Sundays. That too for an half an hour or one hour. We used to get those Tom and Jerry or Duck Tales or whatever for one hour. And after that, maybe if the movie is good, once a month we see a movie in the TV. But right now it's very different. There are hundreds of channels and there is OTT and there's YouTube and all. I think uh, you can't stop them from watching, but you need to you know cut a business deal with them. You know, if you want to watch something. You need to make sure that you know you also live up to that. You make sure that you are good in your studies, in your hygiene, in your habits, and all that. Then you will get your usual time. Otherwise, you know, link it up with some kind of a reward and recognition program, as you call it in the corporate <laughs> world, and and uh, and uh, definitely recognize the good as well as the bad, and make sure that whatever screen time they are getting, it is limited. You know, you do that by not giving them a phone. not giving them their own devices even if you give them their own devices they use it in your presence so they have a phone but they use it in the house they don't need a phone when they go out with us right yes, yes. so it's not an accompaniment like it is for the adults yes. and make sure you also don't use you know your phones and gadgets as much as you do yes. right so i love watching things on netflix or prime and i'm sure everybody does but you make sure you don't do that 24/7 And they if your kid watches you that, like, like right, yeah. and they'll observe and they'll pick on it. If they don't watch now because you are forcing them not to, in a year or two when they get independent, that's what they'll want to do. Mm. So you know, you make sure that they understand that yes, life is like twenty-four hours. You divide it into like eight hours of sleep, eight hours of work, and eight hours of family time. In that, in one or two hours, you can have fun. You know, uh, one thing that should be encouraged is going out and playing. A lot of my friends they have this problem is like. So then, how are you making sure that your son goes out and plays? I like. I'm lucky that way. He <laughs> likes going outside. He likes watching TV the same way. But no, no, my sons are addicted to video games. I said I don't buy my son video games only. I don't have a, a you know I didn't have a PS4 yeah, and Xbox till he was 12 years old. So we bought a PS4 last year, and I made sure that I don't have more than one or two games. And when the charger broke down, we don't repair it. It's not an emergency. Yeah. So he also realizes that that okay, you know, it's a good to have. Once in a month or twice in a month, he spends a couple of hours and enjoys. That is okay. So it's all about how much you time you are giving to those. So if you if he sees one of the parent only on the video game throughout, he would also think definitely that. right. So it's 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 all about setting an example, yes. leading by an example. So after all those audience questions and serious talk, I think you are also in the mood for some fun. So I call upon Miss Sanchita for the much-awaited fun round. everyone i'm back the fun segment is back and let's meet the podcast very interesting so so you're then all set for a laughter riot maybe or uh, silly things maybe or mindless mirth kind okay sure so yes. all set let's, let's give it a go <laughs> okay fine so um uh, you know uh, we all enjoyed our school days right even you must have enjoyed but now tell me did you ever skip classes No, the never? thought, the thought also never came across. <laughs> never. Actually, <laughs> school never, college yes, yes? but but okay. school never because I, I I had an almost hundred percent attendance. Oh, and oh, that that's really nice. Okay, so proud Gitanjali. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you ever have a nickname for 
teachers. Nickname uh, for teachers. Uh, again, no. See, we were huh? a very, very good students batch and all that. And okay. we never could even think about the fact that we could have a... There was a... There was a Maths teacher, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you know, Mr. Natarajan, we used uh-huh. to call him Natu sir. Okay. Because that was, yeah. he himself okay. said that, uh-huh. you know, his nickname was hmm. that and all. Yeah, right. so, but otherwise, we never gave any okay. nickname. Okay. <laughs> so, did you ever get into trouble at school? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What did you do? So, so, <laughs> so, so uh, we, we were, uh, you know, jumping from the staircase in the same school. So, you're spilling the beans, school. Huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, Mrs. Karan and Mrs. Naik, they all knew about okay. it, obviously. So we used to jump from stairs, uh-huh. two stairs, then four stairs, then okay. six stairs, okay. then eight stairs. Somebody suddenly challenged a few of us. They're saying, Why, would you like to, you know, you can't jump from the first floor. <laughs> oh my God. And then we had a smaller roof and a higher podium. Hmm. It was not actually full first floor, but it was still high. Hmm. So a couple of us wanted to try it. Four or five of us tried and all of us then got good punishment also. But we actually literally jumped from there. We thought none of the teachers would know. You know it was after the school. reason for the railings now. Yeah, no. So after that, probably they okay. got the railings and all. But yes, our batch, there were a few of us who used to try that. So. That's <laughs> so uh, no breaking limbs at nothing, all, right? Nothing, okay, nothing. that is fine. <laughs> so, were there any traditions or rituals that uh, that was unique in your time, you know, on uh, school days? Yes, um, you know, we, we used to look forward to Teachers' Day and mm-hmm. Children's Day. Mm-hmm. Teachers' Day because there were a lot of fun activities mm-hmm. planned, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Children's Day because teachers used to do things do for things. us. Okay. <laughs> and, and our teachers used to probably uh, do some cultural activity uh-huh. or a skit. Okay. We used to love it when okay. Mrs. Lata Divakar uh-huh. ma'am or Mrs. Muttu ma'am or uh-huh. Kala ma'am, they used to act as a character okay. and all that. We used to look forward to that okay. and that was like, you know, the fun part of the year and, and uh, really enjoyed that. So you think it's dying down these days? think it is. Yeah. I think, I don't uh, know about Gitanjali or a particular school, but in, in several schools, in, in general, general, the fun element of teachers, you know, interacting with students is reducing yeah, yeah. because uh-huh. yeah, our teachers used to call us home. We uh-huh. used to spend time in Mrs. Unni's home okay. and Kalamam's house just to clear doubts okay. or just to have their favorite food or okay. something. So that, that's missing out the personal touch probably. Okay. So now coming on the lighter side, slangs. Uh, expressions Slang. that was popular during your teenage time and now it is no more there. Don't tell me Abbe. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think. No, I, I, I think we used to have a lot of short forms uh-huh. and abbreviations. Uh, okay. So, so for everything, we used to have a lot of okay. secrets. So okay. I think that is missing. There's nothing which, when I talk to my son, they're very straightforward. So we used to have a full form for, for every continent uh-huh. name or, uh-huh. you know, we used to have abbreviations uh-huh. and stuff. So that is missing out right okay. now. Okay, yeah, okay. So you think Gen Z, the... Gen Z, I'm sure you also have kids and I do also have and they belong to Gen Z and we both belong to Millennial. So the Gen Z communicates differently? Absolutely. They're very direct. They're very direct. So they don't need abbreviation. (laughs) (laughs) On the face, if they want to say something, they say it. We have to, you know, think about processes to come out. But yeah, they they don't hide anything. They're very, very transparent. But the language has become lazy? Language has become lazy. You know, it's more... (laughs) You know, how are you is HRU, right? Okay, so, I come to that then. <laughs> there you are taking me to the section then. Okay, so brace yourself, okay, for some rapid fire questions. I'll not give you much time. And okay. uh, so acronyms and abbreviations, as you said. LOL. Laugh out loud. Okay. Oh my God, then. Abbreviation, oh my God. OMG. Okay. TBH. Uh, it's millennial abbreviation. To be, I don't know. To be. Oh. You're very close. To be honest. Honest. Okay, <laughs> okay. honest. I, I know TBD okay. to be okay. decided, but I didn't know TBH. 
R-O-F-L. Uh, rolling on the floor laughing. Okay, floor laughing. So now coming to Gen Z, you know, your kid and my daughter's um, language, S-M-S-W-H. I have no Oh my God, Sweetheart? <laughs> Shaking my head. S-M-H. S-M-H. I'm sorry, yeah. Okay. Y-W-D? No idea. Okay, why do you think? <laughs> why do you think? Or why do you do? Why do you do? <laughs> what you what doing? Do you do? No idea, no idea. So, okay. I'm very poor at that. So, I'm not sorry. even on social media, you know, actually. So, Kumar and I was asking, I'm not on Instagram, okay. I'm, I don't use Facebook okay. a lot. So, it's like... <laughs> so, how many times have you heard from your chin? Chill, Papa. Chill, not yet. Not yet? Not okay. yet. <laughs> okay, I've gone through that. Chill, <laughs> Mom, take a chill pill, you know, the poo language, okay. YOLO? Nope. No idea. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> you only live once. You only live once. You only live once. Okay. IDK? I don't know. Oh, wow. Know. <laughs> that was prompt Gen Z language. TMI? Too much information. Okay. Goat? Bakri? Greatest of all. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was wondering, what is this goat? And that's why I said Bakri. Okay. So, yes, uh, that was really nice and fun. And we tried getting... And he was quite rapid. You were really good, uh, Suyodhan. And... Um, TYVM. Thank you very much. Oh my God. <laughs> You're welcome. Yes. Okay. So, here we had a wonderful time with Suyodhan. We sign off for today with the millennial person for the Gen Z kids. Be with us always and we meet again. Keep guessing Gitanjali. As I said, be with us. Thank you. Thank you. Namaste Gitanjali.